Welcome to Best for Disney. We're Jen and Katie, colleagues that have years of experience both traveling to Disney destinations as well as planning trips for our clients. We invite you to listen in as we take time in each podcast to identify the best of the best. Each conversation will focus on a new and exciting aspect of Disney vacations, and we're not afraid to mention things to avoid as well. We're here focused on helping you find the best value for your money, make the most of your time, and create the best memories for you and your family while at Disney. We're excited to bring a little magic into your day, so let's jump right in. Hey friends, welcome back to Best for Disney. Today's podcast is not going to be a top four about the Disney parks, but instead, Halloween is just around the corner, and there are so many fun urban legends and tales and things that are going around about Disney World and Disneyland. And so we thought this might be a fun place. If you've heard the stories before, maybe you've heard a different twist on them, or maybe some of these are brand new, but we've got a little bit more of a spooky episode to bring your way. And we're going to jump into some Disney urban legends. So Katie, I'm going to let you get us started. So this is one of my favorite stories, and I've heard this for a couple of years, um, but I did some research and dug in today looking up the details to be able to share with you all. And this is centered around one of my favorite rides, which is Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World Park. If you've ridden Pirates of the Caribbean, you know that at the beginning of the ride, um, or fairly early in the ride, you do go down a short flume that will take you underneath the park. So the, the majority of the ride is actually beneath the rest of the park. And this urban legend has to do with a ghost named George. So the story goes that apparently back when the ride was being constructed, there was a construction worker that was that either fell or was crushed by a piece of equipment while the ride was being built and his name was George and um, if you're familiar with the ride there's a particular scene where there is a, um, a, a man being dunked in a barrel and behind yes. him there's a tower and that tower um, is affectionately referred to by cast members as George's Tower, because that's the approximate location of this unfortunate incident, supposedly. So have you ever heard of George, Jen? I have not. I'm like sitting here at the edge of my seat. I can picture exactly where you're talking about in the ride, but I have not heard the, the tale of George. So I'm dying to hear where this goes. So the story goes that George um, likes to mess with the ride. And so there are a couple of things that, um, you know, you can tell that it's going to be a bad day. If the light is on at the top of the tower, um, behind the scene where the dog is outside of the jail cell with the keys and the gentlemen are trying to lure the dog to bring, you know, the iconic Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean dog scene, right? There's a yeah. door just behind that. And apparently yeah. sometimes that door is left cracked for cast members, you know, to have access. And if that door is left cracked, George is going to cause some trouble. So <gasps> notoriously, this is one of the attractions that kind of goes down more often than not. Um, and the cast members have learned 
or as the legend goes, that they need to greet George in the morning and in the evening to make sure that he will behave throughout the day. So the first ones in in the morning will say, good morning, George. And the last ones in will say, have a good night, George. But apparently in the morning, if the early cast members have problems, they will often blame the evening cast members for <laughs> not properly <laughs> saying good night to George. So this was this took place several years ago, of course, long time ago. The the ride's been around for for many, many years. Magic Kingdom is getting close to celebrating their 50th anniversary and or 50th birthday, I guess. Apparently, back when this this was supposed to take place and the ride opened, um, there was a woman who would come and uh, and ride the ride and request to ride by herself, and she would just cry and cry and cry. And it turns out oh. that this was George's mother. And oh um, my the goodness! Story goes that she would ride the ride over and over to just kind of be close to him. So, and here's the crazy thing, Jen. Okay. The crazy yeah. thing is more crazy than all the things you've already said. <laughs> the crazy thing is there's no record of a man officially of a man dying on the attraction when it was being built. Wait, what? And, yeah, so it's all urban legend and the cast members do this every day. And, and if you, you know, I think some of them, if you ask them about George, they'll tell you, or they might give you a dirty look because we don't talk about George. I'm not sure. Right. We uh, don't want him to cause trouble. Right. Right. But they've said that um, since 2005, when the ride was renovated, there's been far fewer breakdowns and issues because they think that, um, you know, the mechanical problems that were causing the breakdowns were corrected with the refurbishment of the ride. So it just, um, you know, but I know I have experienced, you know, things happening on the ride. And apparently George will mess with cast members or excuse me, with guests that are kind of rude or, you know, not behaving the way that they're supposed to. So you know how you're in the scene where there's the pirate ship and they uh -huh. shoot the cannonballs and you get a little splashed. Yes. So this could be one of the ways that George affects the attraction. I don't know. Um, or boats getting kind of delayed or a hard bump at the very end of the ride. Of course, all of this took place before Captain Jack Sparrow was added to the attraction. Right, right. Um, but I just think the whole thing is really interesting and um, that, you know, the, ca the cast members take it very seriously. And George is now forever part of the Pirates of the Caribbean story. I love that story. I got chills a couple of times when you were telling it. I just think it's kind of a, you know, who knows, right? That's the big question. Nobody does know. So if you're like me, I'm going to believe that George is there and you better believe I will talk very nicely to George. Should I feel that he's, he's involved in the ride in any way, but I can't believe there was never actually a cast member record of a cast member. So who knows if it just kind of got lost in the records or it was a legend that started. I mean, that's the whole fun of these stories, right? We just don't know. Right. Absolutely. Interesting. Do you have a story well, that you want to share? I do. So my story does have to do with Walt, which always makes my heart feel good when I tell a Walt story. So my story centers around Disneyland. And for those of you not as familiar with Disneyland, there is an apartment above the firehouse on Main Street pretty soon after you walk in. And that apartment was one that Walt built for his family. And he would stay there from time to time when he was in the parks working or things were going on. And he would just be in this apartment so that, you know, he could oversee the park. 
And not long after Walt passed away the, is when my story takes place. So the story goes that there was a cast member, a custodial cast member that was in charge of cleaning the apartment. And she finished cleaning the apartment and she went down back onto Main Street and turned around and looked up and there's a lamp in the front window. And she noticed the lamp was on and she thought, well, I thought I turned off that lamp, but I must have forgotten. So she went upstairs and turned the lamp off and came back down. And when she got down to Main Street, she turned around and the lamp was back on. And she was like, no, I, I know I turned it off. I went up to do that. So she went back up, turned the lamp off again, made sure she had finished everything else, came back down. And now she looked up and the lamp was once again on. Now, this is the point in time when I would be running away and leaving, but this cast member went back up into the apartment. Not sure why, but she did. So she went back up into the apartment. She turned the lamp off, very deliberately turned off the lamp. And the legend goes that while she stood there, she heard a clicking sound and watched the lamp turn back on by itself. So you have to keep in mind that Walt passed away before all these apps and technology we have now. You know, I know I can turn lights off and on in my home. Walt couldn't do that back then. Um, and the thing that you have to know too is that lamp Walt always had turned on when he was in the parks to let people know I'm here. So it's kind of a wonderfully spooky but warming story to think that Walt is turning this lamp back on and saying, hey, hang on, what are you doing? It's funny you said that because I've heard that when she went up the third time, she heard a voice say, I'm still here. <gasps> and so that adds an extra element of spooky. But, you know, Walt was a very strong personality and a very, you know, he was one of his own characters. And I could absolutely see him choosing to spend the rest of his days, whatever that looks like, in Disneyland. Yeah watching over his his park and um yeah I mean I I like to think that he's there I know when I went to Disneyland for the very first time I had a very specific reaction to knowing that he had been there and he had walked there different than Disney World I had been to Disney yeah. World I love it and it's definitely even my favorite but being where Walt walked and and seeing things through his eyes and and recognizing you know his purpose and what he was trying to do with building Disneyland Park was significant to me doing what I do and you know helping make magic for families on the oh, daily absolutely. basis it's kind of cool to feel a little bit like one of Walt's you know, like Dumbledore has an army. I feel a little bit yes. like Walt's army yes. for maintaining the magic a little. And um, I felt that more strongly in Disneyland because I yeah. knew he had been there and experienced that. I could not agree more. I do too. I love that you said she heard a voice because I didn't hear that part. But even just the thought of knowing that the light was on when he was there, when he was alive saying, hey, I'm here, just know I'm in the park. And that being a symbol of the light coming back on, being like, Dude, I'm still here. I'm still watching this park. I would love to think he's watching over the park. Well, and every time I'm there, I have to look up at his apartment and, and send him a little head nod, yeah. and, you know, a little I wonder how many people do. I do that. I know so many people that do that. I bet a lot of people do. Maybe there's a little than... extra pixie dust for those who give him a little, uh, you know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do you have it. another one? I've got one more, yeah, um, a story. I've got a couple other little tidbits, but I've got another story. This one's a little creepy. So if you're sensitive, you may want to skip this one, but um, 
the haunted mansion and and i believe this is a disney world story but i may have that incorrect it could be disneyland but i believe it's disney world so both haunted mansions are notorious for being creepy locations of course that's their job right is to kind of freak us out a little bit and and make us feel a little you know spooky yeah but it is not a secret that the attraction invites you to come back and bring your death certificate because there's always room for one more ghost and some people over the years have taken that very seriously and many many (laughs) many people have wanted their ashes after death to be spread at the haunted mansion yeah well of course, there's some challenges with that because that's not exactly what sanitary, maybe, or um, allowed, yeah, be, or allowed, <laughs> or legal, right? Right. <laughs> to be kind of riding through, you know, other people's, you know, cremains. Um, but it doesn't stop people from trying. And every year, there are stories of many people who will try to, you know, sprinkle ashes on the attraction, and and you know, there's sensors and things to prevent that from happening and if it happens they have to they have a special vacuum to you know remove those ashes and and have them disposed of appropriately and whatnot but it really negatively impacts the experience for everyone but the story that I'm going to tell you is about a mother who had taken her young son to Disney World and his favorite ride was the Haunted Mansion and he was young Um, I'm not sure exactly how old but under 10 is how uh, probably younger than that probably five or six based on the story that I read and she um, you know was able to, to get away with this somehow. She sprinkled his ashes on the attraction. And so since that time, there have been reports of people seeing a small child crying at the end of the ride. Oh kind my of goodness. In the corner um, and, and crying at the end of the ride. And, and it's supposed to be the ghost of that child that, you know, was his mother you know chose to to sprinkle this one's gonna make me cry (laughs) yeah and I'd heard this before um you know and the legend of the haunted mansion is really kind of spooky in itself right I mean if you don't if you don't know the story um but you pay attention you know you have a woman who has essentially hung herself in the bell tower that's when you're in the elevator and Mm -hmm. and the lights shut off and you know there's no windows and no doors, but there's always my way. And then the lights turn off and you hear the scream and you see a body dangling. A lot of people miss that, um, how macabre sort of that is, you know, that element of mm-hmm. the story. And then as you're, you know, drifting through the attraction, you're seeing these parties and these ghosts and all these things, but you also have the portraits of the bride. And as you pass by, the heads of the groom disappear and she's holding an ax in a lot of them and her the number of pearls on her neck increase as you move through the attraction so it the idea is that the bride you know has murdered these men yeah subsequently she keeps getting married and then killing the groom <laughs> and you know we're all like oh groom grinning ghosts okay right know, yay how cute is this <laughs> and if you pay attention you sort of see these signs and and you know I love the door knockers that knock and I love oh, the floating yes. candelabra and you know I get into sort of the special effects of it um but it really is kind of a dark and scary story um 
but yeah, to, to imagine that at the end of the attraction that there's this, you know, ghost of a crying child adds a whole other level. I, um, I kind of am a little spooked for the next time I ride it to like look for that and maybe not look for that, you know? Maybe not, maybe not. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll just look away. And, you know, Disney does do a wonderful job. I think, like you said, many people miss some of the storyline because maybe you're busy with your kids or whatever it may be. And you're just enjoying the overall ride, which is great because if my kids picked up on all that spooky stuff when they were younger, they might not ride the Haunted Mansion. But as an adult, you've got to remember Disney is really telling stories everywhere. So pay attention to that story because that's a good in-depth story in the ride in general. And then if you pull the urban legends into it, it just becomes even extra spooky. <laughs> but please don't attempt to sprinkle the ashes of your no, loved ones don't. on the attraction. It's technically it's, against they're the not law. Going to stay there. <laughs> no. Right. And they're going to be vacuumed up and disposed. And that's really sad to think of that piece. So yes. um, you know, there are other ways to do a tribute to your loved ones. I am a fan of spreading pixie dust. You know, we will, you know, purchase an item and give it away. Um, or I've had clients that have wanted to honor loved ones. And, you know, I think that there's a number of ways to do that without permanently impacting the park. I would absolutely agree. Yes, we are not pushing for the idea that that's a good idea. So please don't, please don't. Did um, you have a story about um, Tower of Terror? I do. It's not a super long one, but you know, it's just like the Haunted Mansion. The ride itself is nice and creepy. I mean, the ride is a thrill ride, right? You know that you're doing those crazy drops that are so fun, but the whole feel of that ride is the twilight zone. So if you haven't ridden it, the story for the ride is that these people checked into the Hollywood Tower Hotel and they were, I believe, going to the 13th floor and the elevator, as they were going up, the elevator shaft broke and it slammed down and these people passed away and their ghosts are in the hotel. I mean, that's just kind of the overall story. Um, but they do an excellent job of using the twilight zone to get you in the mood, you know, the same narrator and the music and it's creepy and you're going into different dimensions and it's actually one of the reasons my kids wouldn't ride it for so long, not because the drops were scary, but they couldn't get past the terrifying story and fearing that they, in fact, were going to be falling down an elevator shaft and dying. And the cast members are dressed like bellhops, and they're just very um, monotone and somber and, you know, we hope you enjoy your stay. You know, they're just very, they're very deep in character, which is great. And it, it adds to the atmosphere. But the legend is that many years ago, there was a cast member who was a bellhop that unfortunately suffered from a heart attack while on the job and passed away. And ever since that cast member has passed, there have been some really weird, creepy, unexplained things that happen, majority of it in the area in which the cast member passed. But cast members and guests have reported that lights have been randomly turning off and on and the music goes in and out. Um, and I know those things people can say are maybe just mechanical issues going on and they could be, but none of us really know. And then they've also had some people report seeing a shadowy figure kind of lingering around that area of the ride or on the ride. So, you know, maybe it's a huge urban legend or maybe in fact that bellhop is actually hanging around the Tower of Terror to enjoy those, you know, moments and, and not go too far. We don't really know. I love the idea of these cast members and these people who, you know, 
choose to sort of spend their time there. And I don't know how much I believe, but I love the storytelling that goes along with it. And I think it just adds a little bit to sort of the, the you know, experience to yeah. have thoughts about this for sure. Absolutely. So whether you believe in the ghost stories or not, and whether you believe in these sort of um, supernatural experiences or not, we would love to know if anyone has any other Disney urban legends to share, rumors that they've heard. Um, yes. So feel free to share those in the comments if you have a story that you think that our listeners would be interested in it as well. Yes. And you can also email at bestfordisney at gmail.com, the number four in there, not the word. Um, but we would love to hear it if you've experienced something or if you've heard of something um, and Katie, I don't know, this is obviously we're not plugging anything. We're not endorsed by anything or any of that sort, but have you ever read the Kingdom Keepers book series? My kids have, I haven't, but my kids love them. Yeah. If you are someone that likes this spooky urban legend type feel, it's by Ridley Scott. It's a book series that I started with my son, I think when he was too young, because it was definitely spooky, but I don't think they're just for kids. I mean, I've read them and they just kind of make you feel it's like Disney after dark. There's a whole underlying villain story taking over the parks. It's completely made up, but it's wonderfully written. And it just, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes after I read those books and got in the park at night, I'd find myself feeling a little bit like, Ooh, wait a minute, what's happening. And then I'm like, no, Jen, it's a book. You just read a book, but that's something. If you enjoyed these little spooky stories, you might go look into, cause it kind of adds that spooky feel. Awesome. I love that stuff. I love that there are so many people that have taken, you know, the parks into a whole new creative direction, kind of, a, and created a whole world, um, you know, just from their experience in the parks. Yeah. Well, hopefully that puts everyone in the Halloween mood, gets you a little closer to that spooky spirit and the grim grinning ghosts. As you tell stories about rides, those songs start going in my head. I know you can hear it probably in your head, you know, the Haunted Mansion music and the way that you exit the ride. It's just certain sounds you'll always remember hearing when you're there. Yes, absolutely. And the cast members and how, like you mentioned, the monotone of the Tower of Terror, the Haunted Mansion crew definitely has their own sort of, um, you know, tone and, and way manner of speaking too that sticks with you long after you get off of the, the rides. Yeah. Well, enjoy our spooky tales, share yours with us and have a happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs>